Uh, it's the last, last paragraph on page 66, and it goes through page uh, 67, almost the whole page. Okay, it's uh, bottom of page. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick, sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our fault, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly, and we were willing to set these matters right. Straight. All right, Paul. I'll turn it over to you. And if anybody has any questions, you could use the raise hand feature. And after Paul gets done sharing, um, we'll open it up for questions. Thank you. Thanks, Mike, as always. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, this was our course. We realized that people were wrong who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Why do we do this? Because usually we don't see it that way. Usually we blame them and they should have known better. Yeah. How could they have done this to me and this? So a lot of the stuff they say, remember that statement, if you hadn't been drinking and using all this would be academic, so to speak. So all these, these things we're talking about, uh, in a fact, they wouldn't be academic because then you would maybe get to the underlying cause and conditions, which is that identification as self, yes? But the alcohol and the drugs uh, cause these things to become amplified. A lot of people get used to living with self, yeah, or as self. But some of us don't. And then a lot of us make a ruckus and we call a lot of attention onto ourselves. And then there's usually a day of reckoning or a life trying to avoid the day of reckoning. Yeah? But that's just an amplified version of that identification as self, or let's say that the obsession with it is much more amplified. So therefore it has different, it sets out off different tremors and different frequencies. Like for me, <laughs> when I, first started to drink, I realized quickly that I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. So mm -hmm. it was like a dog whistle went out and I started to attract a lot of attention from people in uniforms where before I wasn't attracting that attention. Yeah. I had the possibility or the potential to, but the alcohol and the drug use amplified it. Yeah. And so the signal had a lot more oomph, like it, it covered a lot more area that K-Paul. And so, 
here we go says we're gonna try to look at people this usually happens around the third column yes and i think before around the third column of the inventory when we look at what you know that the people that wronged us were perhaps six with the hope that we'll see that we're sick you know and again they refer back to my characters my this my that but we're just offering another view which is maybe they're not your characters your defects your uh selfishness and self-centeredness maybe their attributes of self like a foreign pathogen that's taking you over and most people i i have spoken to in the past they feel under the uh tyranny of alcoholism they feel like possessed or something has taken them over like a demon or something well in a way i think that's true yeah there is something that has entered into us and is now talking to us as us and basically living as us. And yet we get hold, we get caught holding the bag. So the only time I really saw freedom because I was trying to be free as self was when self was revealed as being foreign to me. Then I saw freedom is from self, yeah? And that distinction hasn't been lost in these 30 something years. And you are you're handcuffed, so to speak, through the identification as the problem, you seek to get out of the problem as the problem, which is a bigger underlying problem, yes? So you're trying to get free from self, but as self, where the freedom is really from self. And the only way I, that, it, that triggered in me was seeing self as foreign, yeah? Mm-hmm. It explained everything to me. As soon as I saw self as foreign, uh, the possibility of being free from it became available. Yeah, and that told me why the possibility of being free from it wasn't available because I was identified as self. Mm. Yeah, I was taking myself to. It's sort of like being sick, you know, with a virus or a flu, and you think you're the flu. Yeah, so maybe it wouldn't always be extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, manifestations, but the manifestations in your life would be of the flu, not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know? you lost weight, not because of you, the flu. Yeah. You've lost interest in food. You've, you've withdrawn from a lot of people. Oh, it's me. No, you don't feel fucking well. <laughs> yeah, just, there's these things that are causing behaviors and yet every behavior gets stamped as mine it's insane to me it really is how are you going to be free from something if you keep calling it you it just doesn't work so do the inventory exactly how anyone who's your sponsor tells you and then do another inventory a smaller version and instead of looking at resentments as yours look at them as resentments yeah a manifestation of self in one's life why not try out see which understanding brings about a lot more freedom yeah and if you're concerned that it's not in the book it's in the book page 64 gives you the whole thing it says all right being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us there you go yeah, so us and self are not the same, I hope. I hope you see that. Yeah, if that if you are convinced of that, we are now going to look at self's common manifestations 
Uh, the next paragraph is resentment. So resentment is a common manifestation of self in our lives. Yeah. Why do we keep calling it my resentment? <laughs> the diagnosis in the book is that it's a foreign manifestation of something else that has taken us over. Why do we keep calling it mine? Yeah. I mean, that's fundamental. It's not like, oh, this is 12th dimensional chess. It's not. It's basic fundamental. What's the starting point? Why are you maybe feeling free today or loose today? Because what you're relying on isn't self anymore. Hopefully through the program and the principles, you're now relying on the infinite and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. You may not think you are when you're worried that you got too small of a piece of the cheesecake and the other person got the larger piece of the cheesecake. But underneath, you've been traveling pretty fucking light. Yeah. Why? Because there's an assurance that you didn't have before. That what? That you're going to be taken care of. We did not live from that assurance. We were relying on self to take care of us and it wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. And to it was so plainly obvious that system has failed. Why would it constantly continually be relied on? Because we're identified as the system. Yeah. You would recognize the horse you're riding on is dead much quicker if you weren't calling it my horse, really. If you just saw it as a horse and it had died, expired, you'd realize why you're not going anywhere and you stop giving it resuscitation and start buying it new saddles and getting its hoofs fucking reshoot. You'd freaking walk away and get on something that's alive. Yeah. But what keeps us trying to ride that dead horse is, is the dead horse in a way. Oh, when the, I'm in so much fear today. AA has an answer to that. Why are you in so much fear? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? What does that say? It's not, there's not an arcane, you know, message in there. It's plain diagnosis. Self-reliance has failed us. That's why you are you, you're in so much anxiety today. Thank God we're not anxiety therapists. Yeah, hopefully. So we don't get into the specifics of every anxiety because most of them are coming from what's not happening. Yeah. So being a healer of anxiety could be a reinforcement of the reality of the anxiety. So no, it goes right to the principle. Self-reliance has failed you. That's why you in anxiety. Try it on. See if it works. See if that becomes clearer to you. Yeah. Isn't that what the big book is doing? It's offering us a new vision or a new view of something that we've been living under for years. Because obviously, we're looking from the problem. We're not looking at the problem. So they're describing the problem. So hopefully you hear it or see it maybe for a second in a new light. Yeah. And maybe like a little sprout of willingness will grow. And there'll be suddenly there'll be momentum. Yes. Moving towards the better way, which is trusting the infinite. And rather than finite self. You know, I just heard my nephew. He's in a program again, far out. 
Now that sprout of willingness may be nurtured and protected for 28 days, and maybe you can gain some traction, yes? Hopefully. And then maybe when he leaves on the 29th day, he'll go to a meeting and he'll continue sobriety a day at a time and a momentum will build and maybe he'll have a a life free from this bondage before he passes away. I was just talking to him. I think he's at the same program he was at 25 years ago. 25 years ago, the same rehab. He's gone... Did he go around the world? He, he made, it was like he went around the block of self, really. He just 25 years and he's back to the same place. Oh, I don't know where life's going to lead you. You'll know what when self's going to lead you in life. You'll know where you're going to go, don't you? As an active alcoholic, you know damn well you're going to institution jails and death, basically. Yeah, that's a, oh, I don't know what life, the future has in store for you. I can give you a pretty good uh, diagram of it without meeting you at all. Just if you're an alcoholic, I can pretty much, you know, look in my little crystal ball and tell your fortune. <laughs> what it's going to be like, and I wouldn't be that off. I wouldn't. Yeah, this is what happens. When I talk to a lot of people, usually I'm just talking to alcoholism. The 25 different carriers aren't what's running the show. The alcoholism is. Yeah. That's what happened with me. I entered a two-year program thinking I was Paul. Thank God the program didn't think I was Paul. They knew I was an addict and an alcoholic. And they did what you need to do with addicts and alcoholics. And in that two years, my life thrived in that institutional setting. Why? Because they were seeing me a lot clearer than I was seeing me. Yeah. I thought I needed this or that. What I needed was a big boot up my ass, really. That's what I needed. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, every time I wanted to bring the... The conversation of Paul, they would just look at me as a fucking addict. Yes. No, 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 no. Oh, I've got I've got special circumstances. No, you're not using the phone. <laughs> you're not leaving. <laughs> Go to the kitchen and do the dishes. <laughs> you don't understand. No, we understand perfectly, really. We've seen tons of you. <laughs> we have seen so many of you. It's indisputable. We saw you as soon as you walked into the program. <laughs> Can you? It's amazing that so many people who have maybe a very little bit of interest in you know you're fucked more be before you do. That's incredible, isn't it? Seriously. The neighbor probably has a clearer diagnosis of my condition than I do when I'm under the effects of alcoholism. <laughs> just He just sees me occasionally. He knows more about me than I do, really. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Self-knowledge avails us nothing. Self-knowledge avails us nothing. You know how many times I've sat 
and listen to the problem, tell me why it re-engaged with the problem. <laughs> Thinking it was them observing the problem. No, them observing the problem is part of the problem. The problem didn't stop when you stopped drinking that night. It continued and it had its expose about why and why and do da da. That's part of the fucking problem. I have people that I will not talk to them about alcoholism. I, I just say, are you going to a meeting today? That's all I want to know. It's, oh, well, uh, no, I don't want to hear it. I mean, I've heard it thousands of times. Seriously. I don't think it's compassion to try to save people from their bottom. I don't. I don't see it that way. Yeah. So here we are. You know, this vision, this view has been tempered in a flame. I'm serious. Yeah. There is something that's talking to us as us. It has an agenda. It's not our agenda. If you seem to be living your not your agenda, something may be dominating you. Yeah. Maybe, and that domination continues by trusting that which is not trustworthy. So perhaps there's a better way. Start telling the truth. You're outmatched. Take simple suggestions. Yeah, pull your lofty goals down and just let's stay sober today. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. And maybe it will be completely contrary to your diagnosis, but you'll get the results. Yes. And so this is part of it. We're going to look at the people who have harmed us, perhaps if they were sick, because we were not doing that at the bar, were we? We were not doing that at the, you know, the dealer's house. We were not doing that with significant others. We thought everyone was fucking with us pretty much. Yeah. So we're trying to reverse some of these attitudes by these simple suggestions backed up with action, inventory. Yeah, so here, uh, yes. Wow, what is this? Did I, I went to another page, but this sounds good. I want to just read this. Here, are th this is page 59 bottom of it. I, I think I left where we were. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power, and to do certain simple things, there has been a revolutionary change in their life of living and thinking. That's three requirements they're asking of us, yeah? They flatly declare that they that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things. Okay, wow. Three basic movements. Yep. And to do certain simple things, there has been and is a revolutionary change going on in their way of living and thinking has been and there is right now yeah in the face of collapse and despair 
You see, this is different. Like some people at Spiritual Seeking will go to a retreat. They're not going to that retreat in the face of collapse and despair, usually, because that retreat's probably going to cost a couple of thousand dollars. So they go into that retreat. But here, us, this is all happening in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, yeah? Or in relying on self. They found that a new power of peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. It's been three years and I still haven't changed the, the, the distance between the sliding door and my seat here to open and close for the cat. It's amazing. Eh? Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. So in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. This is what we're trying to add on to, really. Right now, we're trying to show the seeming, the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life, the act of being identified as self. It's not an act you are doing. It's an act the mental state is doing. Yeah, The mental state is infected with alcoholism, that infection lives off of this idea of self, blows it up, amplifies certain characteristics of the expression of self, sort of like, oh, I'm a little bit jealous, I drink and use, I'm up on stalking charges. It does these amplifications, yes? Brings us to these conditions of despair. Where was that? In the face, unbelievable, in the face of collapse and despair, now, if something brought you to the, to the condition of collapse and despair, would it be clear to say that it is a failed system? If something that has been relied upon brings us to the, to, in the, to the face of collapse and despair, the, the horse is dead, yes? Stop fucking riding the horse. Now, what happens when you identify as self, you're going to get off that horse of self as self, and you're going to get on another horse of self. And then those little things that got little because everything was so big and huge, you're going to jail and everything else. Now, the little things are going to be big you're going to be completely flipped out about buying your fourth house. Yes? Mm -hmm. The size and the weight and the meaning is just going to shift. Now it's not like a seven-day jail sentence. It's like, I didn't get my fucking mocha, you know? Yes? So little things will now get to be blown up into big things because the big things have been made into little things. Yes? Doesn't it feel that way? Most of the shit I'm concerned or worrying about now, I had no time to worry and concern about it. 
I was too busy doing what I was doing, yes? Now, Jesus Christ, I have to have four fresh towels in the bathroom. Different sizes for different situations. I never even fucking, I didn't have a bathroom. I used, a bathroom was seen as a place to shoot up drugs, basically. That's basically all I looked at it for. So here, I'm just going to read this because this is amazing, really. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they have they found that a new power, and I love the word new, yeah? A new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. Flowed into them. Flowed into them. Just like the addiction and the obsession with self flows through us also. So does the spirit flow through us. Yeah. This trumpet has never played a note. It facilitates playing notes. Yeah. It facilitates the living of a life, but it is not that which is living the life. Things are flowing through us. We are being used for transportation constantly. There's two transit lines, self, higher power. We used to ride self or it ride us, and now hopefully we're riding the transit line of higher power. So something new is flowing in and it's working a whole lot better, yes? Now what happens when the old wants to reassert itself? You now have eyes to see, and if you don't, you have an inventory to do, but usually you'll have eyes to see, and when you see the old employer sneak back into the office, you take it to step six and seven. Yeah? That frozen energy gets released and put to better use, basically. And now that which used to enrage you and put a lot of anxiety through you, now you're being enriched, yeah, today. So leaving aside the drink question, see, this is beautiful, really. So, and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. Leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. So live, forget about the drink and the drugs. <clears throat> Why was life so uns- unsatisfactory? They show how the change came over them. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important factor of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Yes. There's faith or a faith is there. It's what it's put into. Yeah. If faith is put into the finite self, you're going to live in a lot of anxiety. Rooted in what's not happening, actually. Yeah. That same faith, if directed by this program towards the higher power, will enrich your day. It's the same faith. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't know, you don't have much say 
to where it's going to be put. But you can do a lot to get that condition in place. Yeah, you can do this program. And after a while, it will do you. And then then now the faith is going to be in the higher power. And that faith in the higher power is going to flow through you. And where you used to be triggered by anxiety, you'll be resting assured you're okay. Yeah. I haven't had a thought or a feeling about drinking or using it literally in more than 30 years. Not a strong thought, not even a thought really. And definitely not a strong thought or feeling. The problem does not exist for me. The problem comes through the mind. Yeah. Some things are like airborne, some viruses, yes? Some are by touch, some things through sexual connection, yeah? The connect, this disease is of the mind, yeah? It comes through the mind to infect us, yes? It starts talking to us as us. It leads us to its idea of a surrender, which is fuck it. And then when we get to fuck it, it gives us some suggestions. Ah, just get loaded or whatever, yes? Just walk out of this job or whatever. It just does some things and then you get jackpotted. Yeah. And then it has you in that loop. And then you want to forget the situation you're in. Oh, I remember I have a drink. And then there you go. On and on and on. Yeah. Never getting to the underlying causes and conditions. Yeah. People will tell me how terrible the rehab they're in is but they won't tell me what they did to get there. Yeah. They don't want to see that at all. They want to just bitch about where they are right now. But what was your role in it, my friend? I mean, obviously the rehab didn't put out some, you know, welcome notices that didn't enlist you. A headhunter didn't call you and hire you for the job. Your moves in life brought you to having to be managed by other people. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, I like this reading. This was on page 59. When many hundreds of people are able to say, well, we don't have hundreds here, but let's say 40 people here, 30, right? So let's say uh when 40 people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of god is today the most important fact of their lives they present a powerful reason why one should have faith this is why there's a loving god expressing itself in this group conscience yeah partake of the well really Paul, what page is that on? I can't find that on my oh, page 50. 59. Sorry, it's page bottom of page 50. Thank you. 50 and 51. Yeah. My book just went there. So, yeah, uh, we're not here to revolutionize anything. We're offering a pair of glasses so you can see the same print the same stuff, but maybe garner a different uh, direction from it. I believe if you read page 64, being convinced self manifests in various ways, you will see that is instruction on how to do the inventory. 
Maybe there are other instructions, but that's one instruction, one way to do it, which is we're going to now look at self's manifestations in our life. Yep. Maybe you'll have to grow into that, so do it as your manifestations. But I believe if you start looking at your role in things, you're going to see the the virus role in things, the self's role in things. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you'll do an inventory, not take responsibility, but see the accountability lies on the foreign pathogen. Yes. I've done all the amends. I'm not trying to run away from the program. Yeah. I'm not trying to use some mental slipperiness not to have to make an amend to people. I did my the amends I had in this life. And I would do one today if something happened. Yes? I'm looking at it clearly from the solution. There is something that's in us, that's foreign to us, that lives as us. You can't put a stop to it, but a large, a higher power that can flow through you will. Yes? Yeah. So, yeah, open it up, Mike, whatever. All right. Well, I don't see any questions, any people with hands up now, but if you have any questions for Paul, please use the raise hand feature and um, the floor is open. All right, Brian, come on in. Oh, wait, who's that? Yeah, Brian, come on in. Thank you so much. I'm Brian. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Paul, Mike. Um, up a lot today. I've been really resonating with these, these talks. Um, and I, I guess I kind of just wanted to maybe share and see if there was any any feedback. I've, I've been a, a 25-year cannabis abuser, and I never really considered that to be capable of amplifying my unmanageability. I always thought it was the way to soften or make things managing easier, and it, I think what happened is it really kind of just created this blanket depression-like thing, and then I've noticed that I also kind of created this identity around cannabis. Uh, I'm a reggae musician. I hang out with people who smoke, so it seems like I've allowed myself to make it the only option. Um, I kind of do this thing where I, I write songs about who, who I wish I was uh, or who I hope I come to be. There's a lot of transcendence involved in my music. And it's like there's this alternate me writing the music to the me that I think I am in hopes that I will listen. And coming to these talks is really helping me wrap my my mind around myself and learning what to let go. And surrendering that self within the last week has actually helped me to cultivate the willingness to try some medication, which I was wholly sold on never trying. And there was immediate evidence of healthy forward movement when I dropped the reliance on self. And the, the pain threshold in my life is kind of forcing me to stay aware and I'm, I'm like, this story just doesn't fit anymore. Um, and just being here and uh, continuing to take the journey of non-duality has been so helpful. And I, and I also just kind of wanted to point out something uh, with your energy, Paul, that I've picked up on some things that 
there's this energetic transfer that seems to be proving to be true. I feel like I'm really resting in awareness when I'm here. So like, just thank you for reminding us to keep coming to uh, Satsang and more gets revealed. It's helping me realize the patterns of myself and they're easier to spot. I think the plight I'm, uh, I feel like I'm up against now is it takes this gradual remembering to be the awareness. Um, and I'll wrap up with this. And I just wanted to say that learning to trust life and trust God, this way of life is helping me realize that life hasn't failed me. Life has actually proven to be the most miraculous thing of all because life keeps giving, it keeps creating. It's proof that it is creation is in my favor, our favor. When I start adding the self-situation and I call it my life, it binds me to the fact that I am life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you, Brian. That's a beautiful share. There was a guy, uh, I hope I can get a point across with it. It's a little story. When, uh, you know, after I was brought back to sobriety, I was in the habit of being sober, I could entertain other things. So I wanted, uh, I was reading a book by this man from India. Uh, and it was blowing my mind. And so at one point, I decided I was going to fly over there and see the guy. And so I did. And then, uh, then I trucked around India for a while. And years later, somebody uh, sent me videos. A lot of people send me videos, which I don't look at usually, <laughs> but that person knew me. So I said, I mean it. I really want you to look at this video. So I turned it on and it was this guy speaking and it was the, one of the days I was there. And when you were new at these meetings, he wanted, they wanted you to sit up front because he was bored talking to the regulars and he would ask you questions about uh do you have a place to stay make sure your things were met and i said yeah yeah and he says all right paul what do you do and i said well i'm a house painter and he said uh, all right do you have a place to live and i said yeah and he was going to use this example of personal uh awareness and then uh absolute awareness let's say yes so he says all right so do you have a home and I went, yeah. And he says, and you go, go to work? I go, yeah. Oh, it's personal awareness and impersonal awareness. And so he says, all right, so when you're at work, yeah. do you are you worrying about uh, not having a home? Does the knowledge of having a home stay underneath everything? Yeah. You don't have to keep chanting while you're at yeah. work. I have a home. I have a home. You know you have a home. Yes. And I said, yeah, yeah. And he says, if you work overtime, is it easier to forget that you have a home? No, no, it sort of stays there, no matter how much I'm working or not. I have a home, yeah? He says, well, this is sort of like the absolute awareness, the impersonal awareness, yeah? That's that. It's always available at all times right where you are. Now there's the personal awareness that is thinking it's doing the work, yeah? Now that personal awareness is afraid it's going to forget that it has a home. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because you have a home. 
your condition isn't based on the personal awareness condition. It's based on the impersonal awareness condition that you have a home. Yeah. So in other words, in our view, you are spirit. You're not trying to become spirit or have a spiritual condition. You are spirit. Yeah. That becomes a knowledge before knowledge, so to speak. And it's not self-knowledge. It's knowledge of self, really, as the as the the personal or the small. Yes, there's knowledge of self. And then the other underlying knowledge starts having an influence. Yeah, it's always been there, but now it starts having an influence. And this is shown in the progress of recovery, where it hits on around page 63. And it says, you'll lose interest in self. And then you're going to gain interest in others. You're going to look at life, what you want to contribute. And then it goes on more. You're going to feel a new power flow in. You're going to sense a conscious presence. This is all the changing of the guard, so to speak. Yeah. The underlying condition, that's not a mental condition. It's always available at all times. Now starts pulsating in your life. Yeah. Now it has an effect. So now when everything looked like it's going to hell, you sure you still have an assurance because your knowledge isn't based on the surface condition. It's based on an underlying condition. Yeah. And you have enough experiences that you've been taking care of through AA. Yes. That you what do you think you have a limited amount of miracles and you've dried them all up? No. Yeah. Grace abounds. It doesn't have a finite qu quantity. Oh, I used it too much. No, it's just readily pumping. Yeah. So, so uh, I used to like that. I said, wow, that was, I remember that talk because the idea is a lot of people are trying to, rem to remember the absolute as the finite. You don't have to. Yeah. The absolute is going to remember you as not finite. Yeah. Seriously, the absolute does not see you as finite. It does not see you as the one who fucked everything up. It doesn't have those that view. That's all coming from us. Yeah. Well, self, really. So, yeah. This isn't about doing a thousand mea culpas and being forgiven. You're already forgiven. You just don't think so. So you just got to go through, lose interest in all those requirements and considerations. They drop. And then you're like the prodigal son. You finally give up the ghost. And there you are meeting your father on the road, giving you a new pair of you know clothing, a ring, and saying, there's a great feast. Let's go. Yeah. All the all the putting that off was from the prodigal son, not the father. And <laughs> the prodigal son thought he was so right about being wrong, he wouldn't give himself a break until that system cracked. And it doesn't have a, you know, he ends up in a pigsty. There's not like 40 pages of him pulling himself up from his bootstraps, cleaning up and moving towards the road, it's immediately he meets his father on the road. There's no story from the, you know, it's skipped from the pigsty right to the road, getting the new robe and the clothes and the ring and the food. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't do what I've done. Give me a fucking raid. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't it mostly a lot of times we're trying to come right with God, with this which is playing God? Don't you see the heads playing God, about God? I have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this before I'm ready to meet God. That's You're past that point. <laughs> that meeting happened a long time ago. <laughs> we just... Take out, we just listen to this head with such conviction. It's like a bind, it's like blinders. Yeah. We always want to look this way or that way, but it's always the way, self centered. Yes. That thing may open a little, but you got to see, maybe hopefully see, you're not self, and then you'll have a different centered view. It'll become panoramic, not so myopic, yeah. But whatever. All right, Mike. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Why do you think we do gratitude lists? Because the head is ungrateful. Yeah? We're doing the simple diagnosis, this way doesn't work, go that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll explain why we have to go that way because of this way. That's all. A lot of the, it's like a call response. The response written in the AA book is from that call. Yeah? It fits the call. Yeah? You don't see your role in things, you gotta do an inventory. You gotta look, you know, what would, you know. <clears throat> Whatever, so. The more, you you're in, the more you're in it, the more defined and obviously different it is, really, yeah? Trusting the finite instead of the, uh, or trusting the infinite. They're, they're basically the two possibilities in recovery. You're, and they're mostly saying that the prior condition was trusting the finite self, obviously, yeah? So everything that we seem to do in the program of recovery is to sort of weaken that trust in the finite self so that trust can move to the infinite, yeah? And the funny thing is, the self will try to be, say it's the one that's moving towards the infinite. <laughs> so you've got to recognize the thief, so to speak. All right, Mike, I am done now. You can start. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, Wait a minute. Got... No. Oh, yeah. oh, Sally, hurry, come in. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, right. Um, I've, I've, I've been doing like non-dual stuff for years and I think I've missed something because when they told me everything was perfect, I thought, oh good, I can just carry on doing what I'm doing, even though it was gradually going down and down and down. 
And then today I saw a therapist, first had a first session with a therapist and she's listening to my situation. She's saying, I need a social worker and I need this and I need that. And I thought, Jesus, it really is, it really is like the low, you know, I've, I'm poorer than I've ever been in my whole life, apart from probably when I was born, maybe not even then. But so I had this idea from all the non-dual stuff I did that since there was nothing wrong with me and everything, I could just carry on. And so I just did carry on. And then I thought, but the person who's got to fix this is the person who fucked it up. And then I thought, well, that must be this thing for drinkers as well. I like, I don't have any active addictions apart from to thinking I'm this. And That's so, <laughs> exactly. It's like, so I relate to everything you're saying. Like I used to get really um, shit faced and stuff when I was younger, but um and so I'm thinking, how can I have missed this in all of these years? And so how am I going to work out the difference between, like, probably this is just the dumbest question, but how can I trust this thing, right? What if it's totally wrong? And what if, like, the job I've done is terrible of, of living. Uh, just admit that, that's all. Yeah, that it's helps. Not actually. Terrible. It just it's hasn't worked because the terrible yeah. is a terrible is more juicy judgment. But yeah, yeah, just admit that something hasn't that. worked. And yeah. You're open up for uh, you're open up for some new suggestions. This is a common thing with the non-duality because the head. It's explained by the mechanicalness of the head. The head will take advantage of whatever it hears. So whatever you bring it into contact with, this topic of non-duality, it's gonna read it from its view, which is how can I use this to escape responsibility? <laughs> Basically, that's one of the ways it looks at it. And therefore, I have now permission to let everything just go, yeah, and then get, you know, it's a momentary respite, but usually the shit catches up to you, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's not unusual, Sally. A lot of us have done it because it's a way, it's the, uh, again, yeah, just, just don't know this, just hear it, that the mental state claims whatever we're brought into contact with. So when you hear about a new topic, you're going to hear it in an, in an old way. Yeah, the old way isn't going to match the new topic as a new way of hearing. It's gonna be begrudgingly the old way of hearing and it will try to take what it's heard to fit itself, fit around itself instead of what we do hopefully in recovery, which is fit ourselves around circumstances. This case, it wants to take whatever you hear and fit it around you. So now it looks at, well, ah, I've gotten a pass, get out of jail free. I don't have to, I don't have to, uh, respond to the lights, green, red, it doesn't matter. I'll just drive around the game board. <laughs> and now you're down in Baltic Place or something in Monopoly. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you're not dead, so it's going to be very useful, really. Very valuable. The greatest value in most shit here is the failing of it, yeah? Yeah, it is. It may not be easy, but it's bad. It's great because there's great value in recognizing something has failed. And usually you can't see that with a personal view. 
you have to see it as impersonal, yeah? So the head just arises, claims what's happening, tries to make it into something it can digest or use or take advantage of. And it's just, that's its nature, yeah? But it's not your nature, which is beautiful, yeah? So this isn't like you did this, Sally, and you really blew it. You never did it. You're the audience that's watching this whole fucking thing, literally, yes? That audience has not gotten one bit of dirt from the play on itself. It's pure awareness. It's just as it always is. Now, it's, ha it's not having much of a say on the play or how you're traveling through the play. So now the three-part play is like 300-part play. <laughs> you know? And it's turned into a Greek tragedy and shit. Yes. And there's no salvation for the characters of the play. None of, no, none of them can fix the others, and they're all going down with the Titanic. Hallelujah. Yeah, because that has reached a level it can only reach, which is seemingly so. It's appearing to be true, but for you, thank God, Sally, it ain't true. Maybe, the, maybe you don't have enough money is true now, but the fact is the underlying condition is readily available at all times, no matter what's going on. Yes? Yes. And once the faith in self is broken, the faith in the higher power allows a lot of influence. And that which thought, that which looked could never be healed gets healed. You know? Things, I've seen so many people tell me for 20 minutes how fucked they are, and they are completely fucked. And yet, a couple of years later, they've had kids now, their life's going because there was a surrender. Yeah. They, they realized the horse they were riding was dead. And with the help of recovery, they got off and they got, they were put, they were led to a new horse that's alive. And now they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes non-duality is like a saddlebag of a dead horse. Yes. Yeah. So great. You've seen it or you're seeing it. Fantastic. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sally. All right, Tom. Uh, Paul, you got time for one more? Yeah. Steve, you have a question for Paul or a comment? Yep. Right, Steve, would you like to? Who are, are you asking me? No, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Christy's up next. Christy. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, I, I don't. I, just, I don't think I my hand is up. Yeah. No, it's I'm Christy. Thinking, yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It sounded like Steve. Steve. Thank you. Hi, I'm Christy. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I have stopped drinking for two days. Um. Wow. Yeah. I went. I engaged with a um, when I was, I don't remember the year, but I was 30 and I was sober for about 10 years. Um, you know, did little things like got two college degrees. Um, you know, things went pretty good in certain ways. Um, and then I forgot 
about it somehow. I don't know exactly. Started with like, oh, a glass of wine after school or after work. Um, and not much craving, right, with that. Take it or leave it. I actually threw bottles of wine away, which, so like you were saying, Paul, it was tricking me, if you will, even there a little bit, right? Or maybe a lot. Anyway, and then I got into a relationship with someone um, which who's a very good person and it's, it's wonderful. Um, and it brought alcohol with it a little bit. Um, that that's complexity that I don't need to share here, but now I, I realized I was really fucking miserable and I didn't associate it with the alcohol. Mm. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Why am I so fucked up? And now I'm just laughing because it's so obvious, right? And especially this is so helpful because I'm back on the dead horse, but it smells good. Maybe there's something there, right? Um, that's a great, you know? <laughs> Surely yeah. in the intestines, there's something hidden. So that's that's so helpful. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'm just listening, I, I guess. Um, you know, I have a career. I got all the shit, right? And I got in a bar fight. Um, I've driven under the influence. Um, and this isn't, this is just me saying it out loud, like, wow, you know, I could have lost all this shit. I have more to lose. Towels and things like you were saying. And still very cunning, very baffling, and very powerful still. Right. So I'm just very grateful. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a solution, which is great. Yes. There is a solution that it, this is about that thing where you're confronted with all these failures and your head's reaction is, but if I could only, I, I'll just manage better and everything will work out. <laughs> it's just, it refuses to get to, uh, to, uh, admit your it's review, <laughs> you know, it's job review. It, it just goes, well, I'll just manage better. <laughs> no, it's become obvious to us. You're not managerial quality. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, this is how, because it, if you look at it fundamentally as in, in a nature world of parasites and hosts, yeah, let's say, this parasite needs something else. It needs a host. It's essential for it to express itself. And this parasite, has come to know that it's quite hostile to whatever host it's going to take over. Yeah. So it's come up with an incredible strategy, which is it convinces the host that it's the parasite. Yeah. This is the bondage of self. It's exactly that. We're bound to self through identification. And so there'll be 90% of you know in the deepest essence in your bowels that something's not working and yet the thing will keep working. Yeah. So we admit that we're outmatched and then there's the, the tide changes. Yeah. And if we just, as it, as the reading went, just simple uh, suggestions and stuff like that. And then 
there'll be something, a momentum that will turn the tide, so to speak. Yes? And then when you see the subtlety of the parasite talking to you, you'll be at the point where you can bring it to step six and seven and ask that power to reconfigure it. Yeah, because what the parasite, the light that's that comes from the parasite has been stolen, so to speak. That is what the program of, of recovery does. It reclaims that light. Yeah, it reclaims the life that has been taken over by the parasite. Yeah. And sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly. I remember in my case, it had gone so far with the addiction to Coke that I was bereft of feeling anything without being on cocaine. So when I, you know, with every fiber of my body, I tried to stop because I knew it. I had to stop. It was only three days I could I could withstand it because I felt like I was living vertically flatline. Yeah, I was I was like dead completely. Couldn't feel shit, and the only way I could feel shit was by shooting coke. That's insane. So when I got into the program, there was going to be a long time of renewal. Yeah. And it was like, I had a, you know, the deal was to stay on the operating table, don't play doctor and don't get up. And that's really basically all I did. And then the work was done on me, through me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy you're back, honey. And just uh, show up at another meeting and keep sharing. And you're going to have a lot to share with others and be helpful with. So, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, thank you, Christy. All right, next up we have Andrew. Andrew, would you like to come in? Hey, Paul. Andrew. Hey. Um, so I'm actually um, processing step one and was wondering if I could maybe process some stuff out loud with you well with us yeah sure thank you so it's never a you here hopefully (laughs) i wouldn't listen to you (laughs) yeah yeah um yesterday well i've been kind of building up to this but yesterday did some more reflection on this and i kind of relate to what sally was saying And I feel like with myself, um, what it seems to come down to is this essential discontent. And over the past couple of years, especially, I've been really trying to hammer down like self-improvement, like doing trauma work, um, doing all kinds of different like spiritual healing and tapping and, you know, just different things to try to get to the root of this this discontent and I have a tendency to self-sabotage it's just been throughout most of my life I've I work towards something I get inspired I take some steps to better my life things start going really well and then I always like always do something to fuck it up well just stop there and that's an old story take just turn that over to 
the power that's filling this room up, the Zoom room. Okay. Please. All right, go ahead. But that's a remember. That's a that's a that's like an ice tray of stories. That's one of the frozen ones. Yeah. Don't put it in your living drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. I give that up to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at a place where I want to let that go. And like I said, I've been really trying to get to the root of this. Um, to be perfectly honest, like I've been really resistant to 12 steps for a while. Um, I did try going into 12 steps for sex addiction, but I just felt like I wasn't getting the support I needed. And, um, yes. yeah, I mean, there's a lot I could say about that, but I'll just say the, the, the groups I was attending didn't feel like they were clicking for me. So, um, but I was drawn, I was mostly drawn to you because of non-duality and then i thought it was really cool that you bring this approach into 12 steps and to be honest like that's what helped to open me up more to this plus i have a friend who i think sees 12 steps differently from the way i've heard it talked about before too so that kind of had an opening um Yeah, I, I I was really drawn to it because of that because of that aspect and non-duality, and I wanted to try to. I don't know. <laughs> I just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to explore more things and trying to be open-minded to this, even though there is still resistance to it. Um. But yeah, yesterday I was just really reflecting on this that. I don't want to self-sabotage anymore. And there's this discontent, like just think about all the things I've tried to do, like all these like soul retrieval. And Andrew, can I jump in a second? Yeah. Yeah. Just admit you're outmatched. Yeah. Seriously. You're trying to wrestle. Uh, you've already been defeated. So this is, this is just like a cat playing with a mouse for your head <laughs> just admit you're out yeah just admit it admit that hey i don't know what to do i don't you know but i know all this doing ain't working so yeah that's a tar it's that constant movement of seeking to change hmm? Hmm? it feels it feels frustrating and humiliating yes 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 but luckily what it's uh like they said to me you got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face but see when i came in i thought my face was my ass so what yeah. feels humiliated could take a lot more of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it could it's... really but i know bro i have i feel for you uh well i gotta throw this out there too because like Part of why this feels like such a tangle for me too is I've I've always been drawn to wanting to support others. I've that's been part of this identity too. Like I've 
worked a few years in mental health as a peer and um, got certified as a hypnotherapist. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've just always loved looking into things like energy work and hypnosis and shamanism, like all these things to to want to be of service to people and help people and help myself too. And um, yeah. it's something like my heart still wants to do. I still want to be of service to people in some kind of deep emotional way. And it, part of this, part of the challenge of this too, is like feeling the sadness of I've done all these things to try to heal myself and still couldn't get to the root of it. And it's the sadness of, well, if I let that go, that also means letting go that what it feels like it, letting go of this identity of being the person who can help other people too. And so there's a deep frustration and sense of like, well, then where's my purpose? Like I'm giving not just that up. I'm also but again, giving up this but again, Andrew, all that, uh, all that's coming up with these summations and then just delivering them to you is not of you. Yeah. It wants to have an assurance by thinking it knows what's going to happen and knows this, there's no clue what's going to happen. And that's really what we're, the head's truly afraid of. It, it knows it's wrong a lot of the times. It just wants to know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it has a drive to know because the unknowing is very flipping. It flips it out because there's something that thrives in the unknowing that it doesn't want to know, <laughs> you know, because it well, would scary. actually, it would reveal the emperor has no clothes. So, uh, and see the underlying point is it doesn't need any healing. The surface stuff that's causing to be, that to be misread or misjudged or mis, uh, assumed or looked for, that's where the healing a lot arises yeah but that the underlying doesn't need any healing it's fine it's never been touched and it has never been changed by all these things that you think have been so significant the scar there's no scars left on what you are yeah it's this it's what we're not that's carrying the scars so maybe you need to do certain things like for me, it was a life of recovery to keep the action figure from not, you know, from running off the road fucking every, every week. Yeah. So basically I found what I needed. And then I found that when I wanted more and more and more, it failed. And then I got to a point of accepting that, Hey, I must be of maximum use looking to myself as not being too useful. <laughs> <laughs> because this is how it's ended up. So basically yeah. I came to peace with, uh, because I don't have a clue, but the healing, yes, the healing, uh, you don't heal yourself into that though. You are that, you are that, yes. You don't see the, the healing is basically uh, convincing something that's playing God to give you a break in a way. Yes. And that's, that's necessary here when you're in that dynamic, but that which is playing God is not God. Yeah. That is readily available at all times. Yeah. And it's not asking for healing. It is, it's not putting any requirement. 
it's surround we're in it we're like the fish in water the fish is the water isn't waiting to reveal itself to the fish because the fish just needs to do this or that it's completely the fish is completely surrounded in it yeah so but i understand bro i i understand i took myself way so seriously and then when you know i got into recovery it had its list of what needs to be healed and what the and so on and so forth. And I went into it with great earnestness and willingness and innocence until a lot was revealed to me. And then the Urban Renewal Project was finally canceled. And, uh, you know, that budget is better spent now than in this future better now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, you may... I. I found recovery or recovery found me. This is the way I was brought to a, many places as a recovery. Now, I don't have a lifelong experience of other ways. I don't. Yeah, I do have it of recovery because I've been engaged with it for years. So, yeah. but I'm sure there's other ways to live that, uh, and a lot of people who have, let's say, sex addiction, they go to regular AA meetings because they like the vibe there better. And it's the 12 steps is the, is the program of recovery. And the 12 steps isn't defined by the problem. It's the solution. So, and then a lot of problems can use it. So that's why there's a hundreds of different forms of addiction that use the 12 steps. Yeah. Because it's not yeah. the form. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. But to me, I feel like there's a baby elephant in the room somewhere in there. I can't see you. I can't get you on the Zoom thing. But I feel there's a baby elephant that's that a lot of your shit is way of trying to avert or distract or. Yeah. Yeah. Admit you're outmatched, bro. You don't have it in you. And it's okay. That's the beauty of it. It's okay (laughs) to put down the arms. Yeah. No mass, really. It is. I mean, the well, giant. I realize. Yeah. Part of what I feel like in my heart, like what drew me the deepest to non-duality, and I, is also drawing me to this right now, is this sense of tiredness of just trying so hard to change myself and better myself, and it's just exhausting. Yeah. Great. Well, th- just lay down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Buy a Tempur-Pedic pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get some flannel sheets. Chill out. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Jesus. yeah, the head plays God and, you know, it's it 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 has a lot of mechanisms. One's like a meritocracy. You have to earn whatever little break it'll give you. I mean, there's a huge sky over the prison that it's the warden of. Yeah, that's the higher power. <laughs> yes, just uh, if you can see, uh, you know, because the prison is like a myopic view. So all you see is the prison and the details, and therefore the warden's like God. But if you could just, there's a big sky. Yes. Yes. And you may find that you're playing the role of the fourth wall in the cell that actually there's a huge opening 
that you that you're standing as a wall and then thinking you're in a box yeah yeah maybe uh maybe if you just step back you'd see you're not in a 10 by 11 room you're in a vast space who knows but yeah just chill out a little bro if you can try to yes <laughs> yeah don't count the amount of bites of chocolate you take one day just go go crazy yeah so you'll get a stomach ache. It'll be better than the fucking spink the muscle of the head being so squeezed tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get something. It's like I know, I know, I know. But in a weird way, in the head, it's actually avoiding the fact that it's already available. It truly yeah. is. That's what I. That was the irony I got brought to at the end. Yeah. All my moving towards was really a moving away of that always available at all times. Yes. A lot yeah. of playing God. The head plays. There's a lot of playing God in the head. <laughs> a whole lot. A lot more than many of us know. I mean, a lot. So, yeah, bro. At least today, take it easy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much, man. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is a this this is like a meeting with no title. It's like an open forum. Yeah, and just yeah. Yeah. take advantage of the space. It's good. Uh, and uh, if there, you know, if your way of looking is working so well, it shouldn't be afraid of other ways of looking. You know, just try it on, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. All right, thank you. All right, Paul. That's it for today. All right. Great. Uh, what a great meeting. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, yeah, Paul. Thank you, Mike and everybody, everyone who participated silently or sharing. That's thanks, Paul. Uh, by the way, we're going to be live in Palm Springs on Saturday. At one o'clock, we're going to be doing a talk at uh, some place. And if you're interested, I think it's on the website. Yeah, Mike, is it? Yeah. It's a yeah. live meeting, one o'clock, Palm Springs. So I know some people here from San Diego, that ain't that far. So get on a live horse and drive over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to take my horses over there. <laughs> All right. Nice to see everyone. I was going to say goodbye. We got Jack, as always. Nice to see you, Jack. Thanks for sticking with us all these years. We got Mia. She'll be there. She just moved. Uh, we got Andrew. Thank you, Andrew, for the the honesty and stuff. Mark, I think you've done. He's waiting to do his fifth step, I think. Or has he? Is, it has. Great. All right. Rich A, nice to see you with the family. There you go uh jack john and in, in, uh and queenie down in florida we got sean Nina, Thanks, as always nice to see you guys yep michael stacy thank you for everything michael yeah brian very nice share brian yes yeah you can uh maybe you can send some of your music to zen bitchlap we'll put some up on our music chapter yeah be nice we could use a little spiritual transcendent reggae. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. 
We got Danny in California. Nice to meet you, Danny. Yep. Thank you. Jason, and uh, he's down in San Diego area. Yep. Steve from San Diego. We got a we got a uh, contingency of San Diegoans. How is it, San Diegoans? San Diego. Yeah. Like eggs, eggians. <laughs> That's good. We got Alex and Jacob. I guess they're in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, there you are. We got, uh, oh, Nikichi, an old friend, I think. I haven't seen her in a long time. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, really good to see you. Good to hear you, too. Wonderful. Oh, fantastic. Very good. I hope you come back. That's nice. I, Gail. I had no idea she mentioned you, and I said, Wait, I know Paul. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, world, yeah, so cool. Yeah. Fantastic, huh? Nice to see you. Yeah. We got Oliver from Berlin. Always a pleasure, Oliver. Miranda, nice to see you. I don't see her now, but she's appeared. There she is. Nice to see you, Miranda. Nikiti is great. I think I'm saying the the name right. That's fantastic. I know her from met her in San Francisco recovery. Yeah, Very he nice. was doing, yeah, Paul was doing a Monday night, a Monday night. Uh, I don't know if it was called a third step meeting or something. Whatever. I remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good days, good days. So it's so fun. I was just I was it's such a blast and a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, sounds so good. I my heart for everybody who's we just lost you, but yes. All right, we got Tony from Santa Maria, California. Laurie, uh, yeah. let me see what else we got. Oh, Gail from, from Pink Cloud, Crispy, Roman. We got Rich already. Uh, I think we got everyone here. Let's see. I think I touched base with that. I saw Amy also from Seattle somewhere. Don't see her now. Hey, listen, everyone. Thank you, Laura. If I missed you, uh, just take it as a hello, goodbye. Nina, I'll see you later. See everybody. Thanks, and also, today we have a meeting. Oh, at, uh, today we have a meeting at four thirty Pacific time. Also, you can get there through. It's a non-duality one. Get there through the Zen Bitch Lab event page. So four thirty Pacific time. See ya. Oh, what, what kind of meeting are you having in Palm Springs? Oh, it's going to be uh, more of a non-duality, but it'll be the whole mix, you know. Yeah, usual suspects. Yeah. Yeah, there's some unusual people that are the usual <laughs> suspects. <laughs> yeah, they'll be there. Yeah, we're, it's, it's just a little gathering, but there's gonna it's turning into a meeting, so everyone's welcome. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. And there'll be food and everything, everything. I right, see you guys. Thank Bye -bye. you. See you later. Yeah,